Hello, everyone. This is the Awkward Christian Podcast designed for the less than graceful Christian witness. Welcome back to the Awkward Christian Podcast. My name is Stephanie, your host. This is season one, episode seven. I first want to thank everyone that has been patient and waiting for another episode. I took a season of rest. It wasn't um, what I had planned on doing, but the Lord had something that he wanted to show me. And so he led me uh, to rest. And today we're going to talk about some things that I learned. I studied a handful of scriptures while I just was um, kind of led to just not try to do anything it was a very interesting um very interesting time but i feel like the lord was embedding something permanent in my soul when it comes to trusting him and so we're going to talk about that today on this episode what does it mean to truly rest in the lord what is the benefit of a sabbath rest we're going to talk about that today Uh, i also have some resources that i'm excited to share with you guys some things um, websites books just resources that i've come across in the last two three weeks that i want to share with you guys Um, after that we're going to be jumping back into looking at the world watch list the 50 most dangerous countries to be a christian Uh, we are looking today at afghanistan and we're going to take a closer look at the country we're going to kind of see some of its distinctives we're going to understand better what our brothers and sisters um, are experiencing and going through in this country and then try to look more broadly at the mission field what is it going to take for us to reach this country in our generation Um, after that we are going to begin to pray for our uh, local mission field pray that the lord would continue to grow and mature us and make us better disciple makers and we're also going to lift up our brothers and sisters in pakistan and pray uh, just the lord's blessing over them so stay tuned Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And share with one person you know needs a little encouragement in their witness. Also, if you or someone you know is a missionary or planning a mission trip, we would love to hear from you and pray for you on this show. And if you would like to share a moment when sharing Christ went south in your life, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at awkwardchristians at gmail.com. Being able to rest in God is so important, so much so it's a command. (laughs) Thou shall not break thy Sabbath. Um, So a little bit about me is I am an energetic person. I have a lot of energy and that definitely translates to even my Christian walk. And I have gotten into the habit of seeing so much uh, work to be done and wanting to be a part of it all. Um, I love Jesus and I want to be used so much and I think the Lord was showing me that um, my zeal 
is in a lot of ways can be sometimes even ignorant zeal um, and that I don't understand sometimes the methods that God uses or the seasons that he establishes and even the Sabbath. Um, I didn't fully understand uh, how the Lord was using the Sabbath in order to teach his people and so um, this is something that I learned in this season. So um, a few weeks back I was all prepared to um, begin to record an episode and it was just like nothing was coming out right all my edits were I mean they were just horrible and I really didn't understand what was going on because I had did the preparation as far as you know studying um, and you know really looking at the information that I wanted to present and making sure that I understood it but every time I hit record it would just come out in this jumbled mess and you know I started stopping to pray and I kept hearing the Lord say wait on me and I'm thinking like wait for like 20 minutes like a half hour do you want me to pick this up and like you know towards the end of the night like and, you know, <laughs> and it was just like nope just simply wait and I felt like I did not have peace about beginning to continue to record the episode the whole night and one thing that I immediately realized in that moment is that I had kind of already built some kind of anxiety around keeping up with a specific schedule with the podcast like I wanted to be a good steward and, and diligent and if I make a commitment to maybe upload an episode a week then I want to produce that but I realized that that's not always the way that the Lord does things and so then I just didn't feel right about recording something like how can I exalt God even against his own wishes if that makes sense and I was like okay so I didn't do anything and uh, during that week I just started looking up what it means to wait on the Lord and it's so connected to resting in God and um, I I realize about myself that I'm like a like a busybody in a way like I I like to serve and I, I like to study and I like to witness and for for me it always makes sense to kind of do those things on the weekends because I feel like there's just more time in the day to do it and to organize it and I feel like the Lord was very much showing me that I am like a Martha you know, um, Luke chapter 10 verses 40 through 42 says this um, in the Amplified Bible. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him, speaking of Jesus, and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me and to do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. And man, even now as I read it, like I just realized it's been so hard for me to understand why he rebuked her because she just had such a, a desire to serve him. And I'm able to see now that a part of that is very like fleshly and it comes from a lack of trust in God, which is, you know, why she felt like Jesus was doing something wrong by not motivating um, someone to come to her side and to, to help in the labor. And I think the same way probably as Martha is, I see all these things to do. Um, a lot of times I might look at the body of Christ or look at, you know, um, maybe the, the lack of growth from my own perspective and think, wow, we need to get moving. We need to be building the church. We need to be making disciples. You know, um, I 
look at kind of the way that the world is, is shaping their understanding and moving just further and further away from biblical truth. And I want to be on the front lines, so to speak, of, you know, ushering us, you know, back to God's word and back to trusting in Jesus. And, and I'm passionate, but again, that passionate, like I said, is, is motivated by zeal. And so what God began to show me is why there is a Sabbath rest. Um, because there's just so much that, um, we could try to do and, and use, um, our time to do all the time. And, and really we get into a habit of like, just trying to do, 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 and never sitting back and like letting God do, 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 um, I was just kind of thinking of it like this as far as like my personality type is I'm so concerned that I'm going to be like a sleepy Christian and I'm not going to be on fire for God. I'm going to fall into maybe some lukewarm state or, you know, or Mark chapter four. I'm going to have desire, uh, the cares of this world or the desires for other things. It's going to choke me. It's going to make me unfruitful. You know, there's going to be some thing that's going to hinder me or put me into a place of just comfort and complacency that I'll no longer be concerned about the rapid and fervent development of the body of Christ. I won't be concerned about people's maturity or biblical literacy. I'll just like, just be indifferent towards it, you know? And like, that's a real anxiety for me. So in order to kind of stay awake spiritually, I basically like have like a spiritual version of like an energy drink or five hour energy shot. So instead I find things to do all the time, like round the clock. So I feel like I can keep myself engaged in ministry and that's what he's saying. He's like, I don't need you to do that. <laughs> I don't need you to take spiritual five-hour energy shots to keep yourself awake. I need you to trust me that I provide fire and that I hear your petitions, but I also need you to trust the Sabbath rest that I built in to this system for my people. And so some things as I was just going through, um, like 32 scriptures on waiting on God and resting on God, um, some things that I kind of like got out of the big picture that I'm hoping to share with you. I really do hope that this is encouraging to someone um, who maybe kind of maybe similar to my personality or maybe feels like, oh, if I haven't heard God give me a, some specific direction in a while, that that's something um, that I have to, I don't know, because I don't want to say that, you, you know, you shouldn't be constantly listening for God's voice. But what I realized I was doing was even when I couldn't hear God's voice as clearly, I would keep moving. I would want to keep the momentum and I wouldn't want to slow down to make sure that I was doing everything. Like, wait a minute, God, is this all that you want to do right now in this moment? Is there something else that you want to do? I would just keep moving. And I'm sure that applies pressure in ways that I can't even see to my family and my friends, this constant desire to keep going and to do more um, without being able to also balance that with the Sabbath rest that he provided and commanded us to keep. So, um, but some things I learned um, is that when you're waiting on God and resting on God, you're doing it so that you can have strength added to your heart. Our hearts are fragile and we our hearts fail within us under pressure. And so we need the Lord to bring us strength. Um, and he gives new strength and new abilities and new um, abilities to persevere in resting in him, you know, while we're resting. The same way our bodies physically are able to recharge and, um, and begin to rebuild and repair while we physically rest. Spiritually, he's doing the same thing. There's a work he's doing in us when we rest. And it also keeps you from rushing into evil, um, anger, revenge, things like that. And again, I'm a hasty person, so that's part of, you know, my, my sin nature is doing things a little bit too quickly without enough forethought. 
Um, and so this is something personally that he was showing me that there's some things I think are great ideas and some of them they're just not for me I'm just not equipped I'm not designed for things I might see something that I want to be engaged in but I just got to trust the Lord that okay this is something that's there but it's not for me um the next thing that I learned is that um having every spiritual gift we're waiting for things like having the spiritual gifts right we wait for the spiritual gifts just like we wait for Christ uh, we're waiting to receive better gifts, you know, like the, the glorified body. I thought about that. That's not something we can give ourselves. That's not something we can work and work and work to achieve. And the world might think that like, hey, if I have the right diet, I eat the right foods, I'm going to basically have a glorified body. But the reality is we're actually waiting for a much better promise. We're waiting for the body that comes and is made by God that will not perish. It's an, an imperishable body. We have to wait for that. There's nothing we can do to speed that along or to help God get that to us. We have to wait for the better gifts. Um, we wait patiently for what we don't have, but what we hope for. And that's something that, like I said, it's just like, it's something I know, but maybe I only mentally ascended to it. And I didn't have it in my heart that I'm waiting patiently for what I do not have, but what I hope for. Um, next, you wait because you have no confidence in your own flesh guilty 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 there's so many times and the lord has given me an imagine imaginative mind and he's given me passion and sometimes i pair that together and i try to like operate out of that you know it's like i know i love god and i'm imaginative and creative and so i want to do things for god right but a part of me takes confidence in that and it's confidence really in my own flesh because I have to take confidence in what the spirit leads me to do and so this is something that really convicted me is to not take any confidence in my own flesh um, we wait because our reward is with God when we're waiting on God our reward is with him he is our reward and that was something that scared me is even when his voice was faint or I couldn't hear the fact that I wanted to keep going just so I can have something to work on that, like I said, it was a it was a reality check for me. All right, um, we wait because God works wonderful things through those that wait. It's one of His promises. Blessed are those who wait on the Lord. We wait because when God comes, He brings vindication, justice, balance, and peace. And when we don't wait, it usually leads to sin. Uh, we wait because we wait because we are completely helpless. And in order to let God work through you, you can't move or speak until the Lord comes. Um, and we wait because it is to hope in the Lord. Um, we wait because you're not going to be put to shame when you wait on God. And we wait because of our total dependency on him. He says that when disaster or destruction strikes to wait on the Lord, and that just shows me that there's going to be things that I can't see or predict that are going to be far beyond my ability to control or manage, that all I can do is wait on the Lord. We wait because in trials, God is working all things together for the good. We wait for just things that we just can't bring to ourselves. Like we, we had to wait for the kingdom of God to come. We had to wait for Christ's righteousness to be given to us. We had to wait. We have to wait even for God to take us into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said he'll come back for us. We wait for that second coming of Christ. And I think most importantly for me, we wait because our mission comes from God at an appointed time. That's just not our own. 
Um, so thank you guys for waiting with me and being patient with me as I learn this lesson. And I'm going to try to be more sensitive to the timing of God um, and give in less to the temptation to try to keep track of a schedule. So please forgive me in advance if there's ever a time where I'm not able to post because I really do want to hear God and, and him continue to show me what he's trying to teach me. All right, up next, we're going to be jumping into some resources that I found to be really helpful even during this time of waiting. So stay tuned. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, if you would like to be featured on When Sharing Your Faith Goes Wrong, please remember to email us at awkwardchristians at gmail.com. Also, if you are a missionary or you know someone who is a missionary or is planning a mission trip, we would like to come alongside and to support you. So please send us an email and let us know your plans so that we can pray for you and share about you on our show. Again, that's awkwardchristians at gmail.com. All right, guys, now on to resources. So one of my big focuses during the season of rest has been kind of showing me different methodology. And I felt very convicted because I think sometimes I'm so interested in finding ways to present the gospel to different people at different seasons of life, with different understanding, with different worldviews, that I forget that my goal is not to make converts or not to um, get people to mentally ascend to what I'm saying or mentally agree about who the person of Jesus is, but that they would become his disciples, that I'm a disciple making more disciples. And that's what the Lord was showing me. There is a film that I watched and watched again this past two weeks with my husband and the film is called sheep among wolves now i want to put out a disclaimer right away this movie is definitely for a more mature audience it is a more in-depth look at the persecuted in real time and some of the things that they're sharing just aren't for everybody's ears in this season of life and so i definitely would say exercise caution and discretion with you watching it and um who you watch it with the the more the second one because it's two films the second one is about the church in iran and it's this rapidly growing church and they're sharing what god is doing and the methodology that they've been given in order to build the church this rapidly under such extreme conditions and they're using the disciple making movement and i heard it vaguely and i feel like my friend sam who was on an earlier episode of the podcast episode two or three you can go back and listen to that he was talking about their methods of making disciples and it sounded very similar this kind of one-on-one -on -one kind of discovery bible study method and man it really got me excited and it's just it's something that I've never seen nobody has ever done anything like this with me and but it, you know even my husband he said right away he's like I want to start doing this and I want to start doing this right now um, and so that was the first thing is the disciple making movement they have videos on YouTube and I think it's like DMM Frontier is like one of the websites that kind of has a lot of resources and books and like they have courses that you can take so that you can start doing it where you are but it's just way of way of starting today like treating every encounter as 
so as if someone is already a disciple like just start discipling them not necessarily waiting for them to convert and then disciple which is how i've always thought of discipleship is first i want you to convert to christianity and then i want to help walk with you as a baby but they pointed out in the film and through the text of scripture that that's not the way that jesus did it um and so hmm, this is interesting i like it and they're very they're very fruitful i mean we're seeing millions of people in iran come to faith and so um if you're mature enough for the movie the films are called sheep among wolves one and two um the next resource is the navigators now a lot of people are familiar with this i really had a very vague understanding of what they were but i love them they also are very similar having um some methodology to share the gospel and to make disciples all of these are more disciple making methodologies and then the last one i want to share is called verge it's kind of organized by francis chan and david platt and they came together with some other pastors and leaders in, in the church and they put together a lot i mean archives of content and resources and trainings things with like module like module based courses on disciple making so if you have not checked it out check out verge the disciple making movement and navigators all right now on to the three books that I just got. I'll say this real quick. So I have recently kind of started seeing like kind of tween teenage range, you know, somewhere between nine and maybe 14 as like a really good mission field. I wanted to do like a vacation Bible school. And then I thought like, you know, a lot of the ones that, first of all, there's a lot in, in my area. And then a lot of them are kind of catering to kids up until the age of 12. And interestingly enough, I feel like the age of 12 is, you know, where children are developing logic and reason and they're very, they're being exposed to a lot more different worldviews and um, they're really making way more connections to this world than they ever have in any, in any previous year of their life. And I'm like, wow, that should be the age that we're really... <laughs> sharing the gospel and making it as plain to them um but as honest as we can possibly present it and so that's what made me kind of look at this and i kind of was looking at more kind of apologetic style lessons for teens and i came across three books um through the gospel coalition um the first book is called why does god let bad things happen by chris morphew and emma randall um, there's all three are by the same author. The second book is called What Happens When We Die? And the third book is called How Do We Know Christianity Is Really True? And you can see this is just very simply written. This is, you know, probably maybe like a sixth grade reading level book. But I'm super excited because I want to kind of use it almost kind of like as a, like a forum. Like how do we have conversations with young people and get them engaged about God and answer the questions that they have. They have these questions and I feel like, you know, we should be the ones that are presenting them with answers. And so those are the three resources I have. Uh, for you guys today. Up next, we're going to jump into studying more about Afghanistan, learning about our brothers and sisters, and learning about what the mission field looks like in this part of the world. So stay tuned. Hey guys, I just wanted to remind you to add us on our Facebook page, The Awkward Christian Podcast. 
all of the links videos, blogs that we talk about on the show, I post on Facebook. I'm also going to post pictures of the books that I was talking about in today's episode and every episode. We also have an Instagram page where I post interesting things and articles related to missions, related to mobilization, um, all all week long. And so I don't want you guys to miss any of this really good content that I wouldn't just have time to share in every show. And so I encourage you add us on Facebook, jump in the comments, like a post, um, just request us as friends so that we can continue to get to know each other. You can share your story with us. And we would love to know what you're working on within your community, or the mission that you are planning abroad. We want to get to know you and we want to connect via Facebook or Instagram. So please follow our pages so that we can continue to grow together as a community and make Christ's name great together. All right, guys, we're going to be taking a closer look at Afghanistan. Afghanistan is located in Asia. The dominant prevailing religion in this part of the world is Islam and the specific type of persecution is called clan oppression. We have Christian brothers and sisters here and they are under extreme persecution and we're going to learn a little bit more about that. And we're also going to try to get a better look at what the country looks like um, as far as a mission field, uh, the work to do. So the first thing about Pakistan is there's around 38 million people here that live in this country. Now Open Doors USA that produces the world watch list rates them at the number two most difficult country to be a Christian. But Stratus is another comprehensive missions tool that kind of gives you a bird's eye view of what it would take to reach that country with the gospel. And they give a rating system based off of the level of difficulty. And the Stratus Index rates Afghanistan at number one, based off of the spiritual, developmental, natural, political, and social barriers to advancing the gospel in this area. So the persecution level is very high for our brothers and sisters here. Um, some things that they experience just in the country, and not just Christians, but the country experiences regular acts of terrorism. So. The Taliban live here, um, as well as other radicalized Islamic terrorist groups, which creates a very unstable sense of security. They have a lack of basic sanitation. They're in a perpetual state of constant civil conflicts. And they also have a high rate of domestic violence. Um, the population of Christians is so small, it's very difficult to estimate. Um, the Joshua Project believes there to be around 0.05% Christian and only out of that 0.05 or only 0.2% of them actually evangelical Christians. So they're around 99.90% unreached. Um, they estimate, the Joshua Project also estimates it would take around 812 missionaries in order to reach the entire country of Afghanistan in our generation. Um, recently, the U.S. withdrew their troops. Some people believe that this is actually going to increase the level of persecution towards Christians. Um, there is a missionary, his name is John Weaver, and he actually is the author of a book, and it's called Inside Afghanistan, A Mission on Mercy to a War-Torn People Before 9-11 and Beyond. 
and he kind of talks a little bit about the current state. Um, he's got some videos on YouTube and of course he has this book so you may want to check him out if you want to learn a little bit more about Afghanistan from an American missionary who's been living there and sowing in that field for a few years now. Some things that we want to begin to pray for Afghanistan is of course their protection, encouragement in their faith, access to Bibles and ways to gather with other believers that they can love each other and strengthen one another. Uh, we want to pray for the hearts of their persecutors. Um, we want God to do a work in the lives of radicalized um, Muslim terrorists. So stay tuned because coming up next is prayer. Before we pray, I want to read a few verses from Psalms 72, starting in verse 11. And it says, Let all kings bow in homage to him, all nations serve him. For he will rescue the poor who cry out, and the afflicted who have no helper. He will have pity on the poor, and helpless, and save the lives of the poor. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious in his sight. May he live long. May gold from Sheba be given to him. May prayer be offered for him continually. And may he be blessed all day long. May there be plenty of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of mountains. May its crops be like Lebanon. May the people flourish in the city like grass on the field. May his name endure forever as long as the sun shines. May his fame increase. May all nations be blessed by him and call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And I just want to agree with these prayers. I want to agree, um, Lord, you are worthy to be exalted. Lord, we can do nothing apart from you. We are totally dependent on you for total salvation. But I thank you that you've revealed yourself as loving and merciful and kind and willing and able to rescue us, to redeem us, to restore us, to save us in every way from our oppressors, from our own sin, from the adversary. Lord, I thank you so much for all of the salvation that you give to each and every one of us. Now we want to pray specifically and intentionally for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan. We want to pray, Lord, for their needs right now. The first thing we want to pray, Lord, is for their protection and their safety. Lord, you see the oppression and the affliction that they are under the persecution that they're enduring. And we're praying, Lord, for their protection. Um, we're praying that you would um, enable them to have access to your word and to gather with other believers and that you would create safe passage for them as they pursue those, um, those things. Uh, we want to pray, Lord, for their strength and their encouragement. Lord, we know many believers around the world are praying this same thing. We want to agree with them also and ask you to encourage them in their faith strengthen them and help them to grow even in the midst of persecution lord we want to pray lord for their boldness lord their witness and their divine revelation of who you are 
We pray that you would get the word of God into the hands of many more believers and that you would help people to translate the Bible into many more languages. Lord, we want to pray for ourselves. Lord, you know that so many times, Lord, we can get wrapped up into knowing what you would like us to do because we see it in the word and then trying to do it in our own strength and ability. And we know that this is not pleasing to you. You want people that trust you, that are willing to listen, willing to wait, and willing to watch you work through us. And so forgive us for any time, Lord, we have not been still before you. Um, We've not rested in you, Lord. We've trusted our own abilities, leaned to our own understanding, Lord, um, and just not been patient. Lord, I'm so guilty of it. Um, And so I ask that you would first forgive me, but then enable me to walk in the wisdom and the counsel that you've given me, Lord, that I can trust you, that it's worth the wait. It's worth seeing you move and seeing the miracles of your hand rather than the fragile and finite and temporary things I am able to achieve in my own strength, Lord. They're nothing compared to the eternal um, things that you achieve, and then you get all the glory when it's your hand. And so I pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless the work of the workers and the laborers, Lord, that they would continue to exalt you and magnify you, um, that you would give them the words to say, you would give them, Lord, the strategies and methodologies that you have hand-selected for each person that you are pursuing. And I pray that you would continue to make us disciple makers, that you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh and Lord, stir in us a desire to multiply and then create more multiplication even from there, Lord. We're just praying, Lord, that you would let the disciple making movement take root in our hearts take root in our communities and in our churches um, that we would be willing to abandon any methodology that's no longer um, working or that you're no longer desiring to use um, and that we would begin to pursue things Lord that you are using Lord in this generation and so I pray that you would give each and every one of us wisdom and grace and Lord that you would help us in our obedience Lord oh I pray that you would remove any stumbling block that would keep us from pursuing um the great commission and making disciples lord anything lord that you see that is a stumbling block i pray that you would remove it i pray lord that you would um rebuke the adversary when he asks for permission lord to hinder your church in any way and so um lord i just thank you lord for your mercy your tender love and care your grace and your companionship and the fact that you're always teaching us as a master teacher you're always guiding us and even correcting us as a good father um we just thank you lord for that grace and that love i just ask that you would bless um each person listening lord you know their their needs their fears lord you know um their wants their desires how they want to obey you lord the way they want to obey you lord i pray that you would just lord help them with their desires and show them how you want to use lord their gifts how you want to use their imaginations their mind their energy lord just as you've shown me lord i pray that um each person listening would have a restful season i pray rest lord over those that are not listening those that are in affliction those that are spinning their wheels frustrated lord um, because the work is not working lord i pray lord rest for them that you would teach all men lord that when we wait on you lord we will not be put to shame when we wait on you we declare our own inability to do anything that we are waiting on you because you are bringing a better promise better than we can ever manufacture or produce on our own lord help us to wait Help us to believe, help us to stand firm, help us to fight and help us to move, Lord. We wait on you because we love you, because we need you. And so we thank you, Lord, for all of these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.